This episode of Stick Like Glue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Dream Business Academy Annapolis. This truly one-of-a-kind live event takes place October 7th through the 9th in beautiful Annapolis, Maryland. And you'll learn exactly how to market and grow a more profitable business faster. Jim and his dream team of speakers will share some of their best marketing and business building advice, all in a pitch-free zone. And don't miss two of Jim's rock star entrepreneur friends, Melanie Benson Strick and best-selling author Bob Berg. Dream Business Academy Annapolis will quite literally transform your business. Do not miss it. Get all the details and register today at www.dreambizacademy.com. That's www.dreambizacademy.com. Hi, it's Melanie Benson Strick, America's leading small business optimizer, and you are listening to my good friend Jim Palmer on Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. And those are great things in anybody's business. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I am committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I'm really excited about this week's show, folks. My special guest is social media marketing expert Karina Essa, and let me tell you a little bit about Karina. She was raised in Greece at the age of 17. She left to go to London to study television production, only to kind of have her dreams shattered as she discovered the very unstable nature of the television industry and and the myth of all those great careers. Um, Having made uh, redundant five times by the time she reached her mid-20s, Karina decided enough was enough and began her journey online. Now, she quickly discovered a few powerful strategies that would allow her to leverage the power of social media and the Internet. Karina started using Twitter to market products. Within three weeks, she had replaced her full-time income, working only two hours a day. Karina now owns a social media marketing company helping businesses around the world leverage the power of social media without doing any of the legwork. She shares her groundbreaking strategies to people around the world and has helped thousands of individuals and businesses from Australia, the U.K., New Zealand, UAE, Switzerland, and Cyprus get consistent returns from their social media marketing experts. And I'm certainly one who sees the value in social media, so I'm hoping to learn something here, too. Karina, how are you doing today? Thank you for being my special guest on Stick Like Lou Radio. You're very welcome, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. So you so you you set off to London to set the world on fire and and create your the big dream in television production. And then you, I, I guess you quickly found out that that wasn't meant to be. There was a lot of people with the same dream. Is is that what I gather from your intro there? Pretty much, my dream job was to become a television producer. So I I worked really hard to get into university to get that degree, and I worked for free for 
quite a few years because that's pretty much how it works. In order to get a foot in the industry, you kind of have to work for free. So I did that, and then I, I finally secured myself my first job, and uh, then I got made redundant, and then my second one, and made redundant, etc., etc., until um, until I was 25, and um, I had uh, collected five redundancies. So I thought that it was pretty much a sign that uh, it wasn't really meant to be. So now um, you started. So you kind of did. A, so I understand you probably dabbled a little bit in social media, had some success, and then you started your own company. So now you help other people do that. Yes, that's right. When I lost my job for the fifth time, uh, the first person I called was my brother, who was an internet marketer, and um, I called him to help me out. Basically, I was <laughs> crying out for help. He said, "Well, why don't you come to a seminar I'm actually putting together in London, where?" A few people will be teaching internet marketing. Maybe you can pick their brains and do something and start a business on the internet. So I went to that seminar reluctantly because at the time I wasn't convinced it was for me. But I went there because right. I had nothing. I had nothing to lose, and um, I picked up a few strategies. And the one that really appealed to me was Twitter marketing, affiliate marketing on Twitter. So basically, promoting other people's products for commission. And that's what I implemented, and very quickly. In fact, in just three weeks, I had replaced the income I was making as an assistant TV producer, just working two hours a day on Twitter. And and the rest is really history. I, I put together a course on Twitter marketing, and then a lot of people who weren't purchasing the course would ask me whether I would I could do um, implement the course for them, for their companies, because it was a course on lead generation and, and sales uh, generation on Twitter. So... That kind of gave birth to my first social media agency called D4U Social, which then quickly became social media worldwide. And we don't only we not only do Twitter marketing, but we've included a lot of other social media platforms. And that's what I do full time. I run this company. That's so exciting. Now, you know, a lot of people believe that um, social media is fun, it's engaging, it's part of community, but then there's always those who only want to get involved if they can see that there's going to be a big uh, return on in, on their investment, and even if it's just a return on their time. So what do, how do you answer the question when someone says, hey, can you really profit using social media? We get that um question all the time people ask is there is there such a thing as return on investment from social media absolutely simply from the sheer volume of people on social media the only problem is those who are not experiencing return on investment they usually most of the time not doing it the right way they have this direct marketing approach so they will treat social media media just a, an online platform to display their products like a like an online catalog and so that's the problem when that happens because people who go into social media they don't go into social media in order to buy something it's, they don't have the same mindset as when they log on to eBay or Amazon they're, they don't have a credit card in their pocket saying okay what shall I buy today so there's a way around it which is basically joining conversations starting conversations, nurturing leads, reaching out to leads in a way that is not salesy. And in fact, the the less salesy you are on social media, the more sales you make, believe it or not. And the great thing about social media is you can sell your products in a in a way where you're actually camouf camouflaging the fact that you're selling through stories because people love stories on social media. And products and businesses and services have great stories through their customers 
and we find that's the best way to actually sell. Now, I know you're a big fan of um, Twitter, but uh, so this is probably an unfair qu- question because it has a lot to do with the type of business, I'm sure, but what social media platform is best to use? If somebody's just getting started, what, how do you advise them? It depends on many things. First of all, it depends on the audience. So, for example, let's say Pinterest, 80% of people on Pinterest are women. So if you're selling a physical product aimed at women, then I would say Pinterest. I don't really have a preference. Usually I choose a platform for a business according to, you know, who their target audience is, first of all, and what they're trying to achieve. Because if you just want to achieve a social presence where you just build a a big community and you nurture your your audience and your customers, and I would say Facebook. But if people want to grow fast and have a big, big platform so they appear bigger than uh, who they are, then I would say Twitter because it's it's easier and faster to grow a big community on Twitter without having to spend a lot on advertising. If someone is selling a product aimed at women, for example, wedding gowns, then I would say, well, Pinterest will be your best bet. So I don't really have a preference. But I choose usually the platforms according to the target audience and the product. You know, um, I do uh, I do some in Pinterest, but I'm big on Facebook, Google Plus, LinkedIn, and of course I do a lot of videos and my podcasts and things like that. But lately I've been hearing some new names, and it's always like, oh good lord! Once you get used to something, there's something new coming up. You got to go learn. But um, Karina, what do you know about Periscope? I haven't heard of that yet, so uh, it hasn't reached our borders yet <laughs> as much. Okay. Uh, we have heard of Elo. I don't know if you've heard of Elo, but uh, th- there are a lot of new social media platforms that are coming up as as an answer to Facebook. The, you know, Facebook has been criticized for selling their databases and, and their um, users' information. So you'll see in, in the near future, and they've started now, a lot of social media platforms now coming up that are ad-free. For example, for Elo, and Elo is just one example, their tagline is beautiful and ad-free, and they promise their users they'll never sell their information to advertisers. And they they monetize the site by having a fee. Like, in, in order to join, you have to pay a fee. That, that's how they would advertise. So you'll see a lot of those coming up. And you know, some of them make it, some of them don't. But uh, I I still believe it in the main in the five and six big ones that are here to stay. Okay, now let me ask you this: What do you think the three mistakes are? What are the three biggest mistakes you see people make when they dive into social media? I kind of have my own thoughts, but I'd be curious to know what yours are. Yeah, well, the first one is being inconsistent. So opening up a Twitter page, for example, and not logging in every day or every few days to update answer messages, etc., etc. So inconsistency, that's a big mistake because people, if they see that you haven't updated your page for quite a while, they'll, they'll um, instantly think that the company or the business is inactive. And it might not be the case, but that's the feeling it leaves to people. Or it will, it might show that you're not that good in customer support. So people start having doubts if they see that a page has not been updated. So that's one mistake. The other mistake is with branding. A lot of people have joined different platforms and they have different banners for each platform, different marketing messages. 
the, the vision and the mission of the company is not obvious, is not clear across all the platforms. So inconsistencies with branding and marketing messages, I find that's the second mistake. Then um, the third mistake would be overselling. Treating social media as if it's a platform where you just sell, 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 and it's nothing to do with community building, customer nurturing, etc., etc. So that would be the third biggest mistake. I'm going to agree with you there. I think um, being a consistent marketer is very important. So if I, if someone comes into my um, my world, or let's say uh, I have I accept a friendship, or I reach out to someone, I kind of look at their news feed and. If the last post is like nine months ago, it doesn't mean, you know, it kind of means, well, I guess this isn't, this is not important to them, right? And then the other one, I uh, number two for me is is selling too much. It's about relationships. It's not about selling. And the third one, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I think when you go on somebody's news feed and they're ranting about whatever the hot topic is, you know what I mean, whether it's political or religious or just anything, if they're just ranting and going off, it's kind of like. To me, it's like unpleasant, and it's like who who wants to be part of that? It's like getting into a, it's like going into a room and a bunch of people are kind of having a bitch fest. If you pardon the expression, and you join <laughs> in. Ultimately, it brings you down, right? So I'm always about just providing helpful, lighthearted information that people can either learn from, they can be inspired by, and maybe share a laugh or two. So I, I generally avoid rants, but. But I know there's another side of that. Some people think, well, that's not being authentic, and you should be able to share your views and things like that. Where where do you come down on that, Karina? Well, you can share your views, absolutely, but you have to you know, make a separation between you as a business person and the people who follow you because of what you provide as, as a business person and also you personally. So dividing the two, that's why now with Facebook and Google+, Plus, for example, you've got a Google Plus page, but a profile, and the profile is for the individual. And the individual can share their political opinion about things, and they can share their personal opinion, but this would be aimed at friends and family. I like to keep things separate. Now, someone who's following you because you're Jim Palmer and you'll give them great business tips, what they want to see is business tips that you promised them that they would get. So keeping things separate, that's my point of view. Okay, I, I appreciate that. How could someone get more followers or fans? <clears throat> it seems to me, if say, especially if Facebook is your main platform, they're doing more and more every day to lower your <laughs> lower the amount of people that see you unless you're going to pony up the bucks to boost a post. Yes, and we're going to see that increasingly, especially now as they're becoming advertising platforms more than anything else. So, of course, they'll give priority to people who have an advertising budget. But there's still ways around it. Increasing your reach can also be done organically. It just takes a bit more effort. So it's all about the quality of your posts, what time you're posting, how relevant it is. That plays a major role. And also there are other ways to boost for example, you can set up competitions. Competitions are great because people love joining competitions. As long as the giveaway, what you give away is something that people perceive it as good value and also something that they wouldn't be getting somewhere else. So, now, for example, Can I stop yeah? you real quick for a second, Karina? Are you sure. talking about um, a giveaway like a contest? I thought contests were frowned upon like in the Facebook world. They really work well. It depends on some of the industries, if they've been... Uh, overdone or if 
the giveaway really doesn't have any value, but they work really, really well for, for most industries. We still implement them to this day, and they work really well. It's um, it's a great way to get people to participate. When when people go into social media, one of the things they like doing is sharing their opinion and also participating in some activity and making them participate in a contest. That's that's usually uh, something that they enjoy doing. So, of course, in some industries it's been overdone or some people don't do it the right way. They don't attach a story to the competition. They they don't reveal the winner, etc., etc. So these kind of mistakes, of course, that's a bad contest and that would be frowned upon. But there's a way to do it that is not cheesy. There's hmm. many ways to do that. Okay. Can you uh, share maybe one of those ways? So, for example, there was a, in Australia there was a, uh, a a sports team, and the sports team a few months ago was um, was asking people to to participate to answer a question to answer a question. I don't really remember the question, but it had to do with one of the players, and then the people who got it right would then uh, would then potentially get a prize, which was. A t-shirt, a t-shirt signed by one of the players. So, of course, because it was a big team and the player, the, the player was a celebrity, it had perceived value. It had high perceived value, and they wouldn't have been able to get that signed, signed t-shirt easily somewhere else. And that worked really well. I was monitoring them because I always monitor what other people are doing, and um, it seemed to have gone quite viral for that industry and for the fans. So. Um, Something like that would work. Another company that uh, did a competition is a company called Diamond Candles. The concept is they they sell uh, they sell candles and they put a sort of diamond ring in the candle. I don't know what the value of the diamond ring is, but uh, they they put a diamond ring and the point of burning the candle is for the diamond ring to appear. So if you check them out, they're called Diamond Candles and it's become a huge company and they literally grew thanks to Facebook. They set up a competition called Candle Cash where basically if, if you join the competition then you would win some cash that you could spend towards one of their candles. And I think within three weeks or six weeks I think they had 30,000 new fans just from that competition. So when it's things that are original like that that have perceived value then it works. If there's somebody just getting started today, um, and you know, there, I think there's more entrepreneurs uh, coming online, you know, in these last couple of years because it, it, you can really start a business without a, a large investment. But if somebody's really just coming online and they're looking at this whole huge landscape that is social media, what's what's like the best way to put together and implement a successful social media plan? Because you know, especially being a new entrepreneur, you're going to be pulled in many many different directions. There's different ways to see it. Social media should be just one of the marketing channels. It shouldn't be the only marketing channel for your company. It, it works really well hand-in-hand -hand with other marketing channels. So for someone just starting out that doesn't, have a, that doesn't really have a budget, the first, thing, the first thing to establish before you even set up a social media plan is what exactly is it that you want to achieve from your social media channels. Because for some people, it might not be direct sales. For them, they might just want to use social media for customer support. Some of them, they just want to build a community of people. Some of them, their goal is just to um, to 
to get traffic to their website. Some people are just to, to capture names and emails. So to be clear about the goal is very important before you, you put together any social media strategy. Be clear uh, about the goal and, and then based on the goal, set up a content plan. A content plan is basically how often are you going to post, what exactly are you going to post, and who will execute the content uh, plan. Because that's another thing. A lot of people can put together content plans, but they hire the wrong person to execute the plan. For example, for our company, we have sales reps who go to businesses to sell our services, and one of the main objections we get when we pitch our services is, oh, my niece loves Facebook, she does it for us. And I see that mistake over and over again with businesses. They delegate their social media to the wrong person. So that would be the key, I think, for a good social media plan, having a goal, then putting together a content plan according to that goal, and then choosing someone, the right person, to execute the plan. What do you think are some of the new trends? So you're obviously with with your own agency, you got your kind of your nose to the grindstone or your ear to the railroad tracks would be a better <laughs> description. What are some of the new trends that you're seeing in social media? The new trends first of all is more social media platforms coming forward that are ad free because they seem to be um a movement now that people are starting to start a revolution against ads. So we're seeing that movement where more social media platforms will emerge that are ad-free. The second one is more features that allow you to buy directly to buy directly from social media. So you'll see Pinterest adding features like a buyable pin. So they've just added that where you can buy directly from the website, from the Pinterest website. Facebook is doing the same thing. So you will see more features that allow people to create a store within social media, like an Amazon store. So definitely one of the trends is that they're trying to move towards e-commerce. Um, then the third trend is video. So video is going to become bigger and bigger. So bigger they're than going it is to now. Absolutely. So they're going wow. to facilitate videos on social media much much more than they used to. So they're going to give priority to videos. Already, videos are having a priority now because when you post a video, uh, your reach increases. So already, they're giving you some love if you post a video. And that will keep on growing for sure. Mm. And the, the trend in general with internet marketing is, is basically moving the free line. What we're going to see is more people giving away things for free in exchange um, and instead um, instead of charging more for their services, they're going to be charging a premium. So we're going to see more people giving away things for free, but also charging more for services. That's interesting. Tell me more about video. I mean, video is just, I think, exploding. YouTube's off the charts, and there's a lot of other video platforms. But are you talking about when you post videos directly to, like, Facebook or Google Plus or LinkedIn? Or what do you what yes, are you directly. To? Yes, okay. absolutely, directly. So it, it could be a video you uploaded somewhere on your blog or on YouTube and then posting that link. Yes. What, um, Karina, we're starting to run low on time, but I want to ask you about LinkedIn. I still think that's – I think LinkedIn, what some of the changes they've made in the last, you know, say, year to make the news feed more friendly, almost more Facebook-like, if you will. But, um, you know, so many people – when you create a big brand, it's really hard to start changing the way people think about you. And I think people for the longest time think about LinkedIn as the 
professional place to put your resume, right? It's almost like a job board in a way. But I really, I'm really getting a lot more engagement now on LinkedIn because I've started treating LinkedIn kind of like Facebook. I put all kinds of posts there, whether they're business tips or whether, you know, I like to share like a daily humor or something like that. And I'm getting a lot of engagement on LinkedIn. What, what do you think about LinkedIn these days? I love LinkedIn. I use it for other strategies. So I use it for headhunting. So when I'm when I'm looking for someone to hire, I'll go onto LinkedIn and contact them from there. Or when I'm looking for a partner, like someone I'd like to join venture with, then I, w- I will go onto LinkedIn. So it's more for headhunting that I, I'm using it. But there's also great features. The the feature that allows you to message people personally, that's a great, great feature. LinkedIn ads also are great. They're pricey, but they perform very well just because of the quality of the audience. So I like LinkedIn because it's not about volume, it's about quality. So you might not have such a big network on LinkedIn, but usually you'll see that the network you have is key key people, decision makers, key people. So I like LinkedIn because it offers something else that the other platforms don't offer. And so my last question, uh, I think we can fit it in, is, what, do you have a formula to help posts go viral? I mean, that's kind of everybody saying, oh, I want this to go viral, but <laughs> and not everything can go viral or there'd be okay. no viral posts. But what are what are some of the things people can do when they're posting to, to help it uh, get out in a much bigger way? Well, with social media, it's, it's a lot like PR. In order to, when you do a PR campaign where you send a press release and you want it to be published in, in the papers and in the media, it has to be it has to be a story, it has to be a, a funny story or a unique story. So there has to be a story about that. So usually if there's something like that that you've got access to, you, you can post it on social media, the the possibility of it going viral is higher. This it's the same concept as public relations. You want to send a press release saying we've um We've just opened our company, and uh, this is our brand new company, and this is what we sell. That will never hit the papers. But if you go and say we're we're doing this uh, competition, and everyone needs to be dressed up as a bride, or you do something a bit creative. I'm not very creative, but you do something a bit creative, then that will hit the papers. That's that's stories that people want. It's the same thing with social media. Now, another thing that goes viral, and what I mean by viral is a lot of people wanting to share the post is when people people will um, like or comment on a post on something that they agree on or they're enjoyed. But for someone to actually click on share, it has to be something that they wish they had said themselves. Usually when someone shares something, they feel that, oh, I wish I had said that myself, and that's when they share it. That's the psychology behind it. So when you post something and you want it to be shared a lot of times, then you kind of have to put yourself in, in the shoes of your audience. Is it something they wish they uh, they will wish they would have said themselves? So, so in order for that to happen, it has to be unique. It has to be original. You have to be the first one to report. The people who perform the best on social media are celebrities, but the second best are people who are the first to report on news, on events. So um, so that's what will most probably get your posts go viral, if you're that's the awesome. first one to announce something, or if it's simply something that people wish they had said themselves. Good. Thank you. Um, so how can people learn more about you and connect with you and, and find out more about your company? Well, we're on social media, so on Twitter we're at SMW Online, and on Facebook, our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash 
SMW Online, and our website is socialmediaworldwide.com. I mean, I can't believe you got that URL. That's an awesome name, Social Media Worldwide. Wow. Yes, it was, been, quite a pre- it was quite pricey. <laughs> you must have been thrilled to get that. Absolutely. Okay, well, thank you so much for being my guest this week, Karina. I greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with social media marketing expert Karina Essa. Stick Like Glue Radio is dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and reform more. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I'm committed, as always, to helping you build a more profitable business faster. Come back next week for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. Until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.